Will more than two banks fail? Is it time to buy gold? Recently, the FDIC took over two banks that were in trouble. Now we have reports that an additional 20 regional banks have in excess of $650 billion in bond losses. The Fed admits that their increase in interest rates have done little to bring inflation under control. They may well increase the amount and frequency of interest rates. Isn't it time to consider gold in your portfolio? From January 1st, 2023 to today, the price of gold is up twice as much as the S&P 500. Go to blacksandwhites.us, click on the gold bar, and reach out to Advisors Metals and ask Ira, is gold right for you? Call now. It's important. Welcome to Black and White, a conversation with Dan Perkins. It's time to bring all of us together to talk about the issues that concern us. It's time to hear from people who want to deal with only the facts. And it's time for you as Americans to re-engage in your right of freedom of speech. It's time for you to join me in the conversation on Blacks and Whites. Welcome back to Blacks and Whites. And we have a very interesting guest, Joel Gilbert, who's written a book about uh, Michelle in 2024. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. It's uh, both a book and a documentary film. So you can either watch the movie or get the book. So the book is available at Amazon and other places? Right. Book is on Amazon. You can also get the DVD on Amazon. And then you can live stream the movie version on SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Okay. Well, well, we'll get a chance to plug it a couple more times throughout the show. So you, you have known, uh, how long have you known uh, Michelle? Well, I've been following the Obamas for uh, over 10 years, really. Uh, I'm pretty well known for a, a movie I made in, back in 2012 called Dreams from My Real Father about Barack Obama's background. And I highlighted that Obama was raised in Hawaii by an American communist out of Chicago named Frank Marshall Davis, who was also a Soviet agent during the Cold War, and that Obama was radicalized by this American communist by his own admission. And I also made the case that this was probably Obama's biological father. So I started following the Obamas uh, way back. And I noticed uh, probably about four years ago that Michelle was following in the footsteps of Barack in terms of imitating his exact formula that he did to run for president. Uh, Barack had a voter registration organization in Chicago called Project Vote before he ran for president. And Michelle started a voter registration organization called When We All Vote. And she's been running around the country in swing states, uh, promoting voter registration, mostly for minorities and uh, people that aren't registered, obviously. And she's very well funded by the Soros gang, about $26 million last year. Uh, Barack, of course, based his candidacy on his personal story based on his autobiography, Dreams from My Father. Michelle has written two autobiographies, one called Becoming and a new one called The Light We Carry. And uh, they're both on Netflix with movies and specials. And uh, finally, Barack was the keynote speaker for John Kerry. Barack introduced John Kerry at the 2004 Democrat convention. And that's the slot that they give to the person they think will be the nominee at the next convention. So sure enough, there was Michelle introducing Joe Biden at the Democrat nomination, uh, Democrat convention rather, for the Democrat nomination in 2020. So I see her following the exact same formula as Barack and keeping a very high profile. She was just in Barcelona singing backgrounds for Bruce Springsteen. She just started a nutrition company the other day. And she's keeping herself very, very high profile politically. 
and in the pop culture. And I'm convinced that she plans to announce for president sometime in the fall when Biden drops out. So um, thank you for that background. Uh, I got a couple of questions to ask you. Uh, they just announced of her, her new relationship with a juice company touting the fact how nutrition it is, but its sugar content is off the charts. Uh, they're not talking about how much money she's getting for her endorsement of this particular program. But another article that I saw this week said that the Obamas have added something like $225 million to their net worth since they left the White House. If she has all of these relationships with Netflix, Netflix and this juice company, along with Barack, why would she give all that up to, to try and run for president and risk it? First of all, she doesn't give up any of that to run for president. She doesn't risk it. She keeps all those assets and her financial assets would actually grow. Uh, but Michelle Obama is a very political person. She's a better politician than Barack. She's a better speaker than him. She comes across more authentic. She comes from a political family out of Chicago. Her father was a precinct captain working for the Democrat Party machine. She grew up in Jesse Jackson's house when he was running for president. She was best friends with his daughter, Santita. Michelle married a politician. Uh, so she's a very political person. You might recall back in 2008, Michelle was giving huge political speeches to huge audiences all over the country, uh, very uh, angry kind of anti-American speeches, and no one was really paying attention too much. And then she kind of went over the top and she said, for the first time in my life, I'm proud of my country because Barack won a primary. Now, she had actually said much worse things than that, but that got the press's attention. And that's when the campaign told her, they said, look, now people are listening and paying attention to what you're saying. Barack could win the White House unless you get in the way. People are, are going to be afraid to vote for him because of you. So they told her to take a step back. And that's when she took a step back and she came up with a, a cover story where she said, I hate politics and I just want to be the mom in chief. So she took a step back to avoid the negativity that Hillary got and that was coming her way. And she kept that up through the White House years, just kind of doing things like nutrition and health and military families. But she remains a very, very political person. She's heavily involved in politics. She really was the co-president. People don't know that. You might remember her speeches in 2008. She talked about Barack and our, my campaign, what we're going to do in the White House. So she was very much involved. And uh, all the things she's done, like the, you know, the juice company and her uh, voter registration organization, it's all to position herself as a very sympathetic character to make people think that she's smart and has experience in business and, and in politics so that when she does declare for president, she'll be someone that gains a lot of support. Do you think the fact that she cannot point to any elective office that she ran for and won of any level uh, that she can convince the American people that they should hire somebody who's never held elective office, who never really has run a business per se, to be the chief executive officer of the United States government and one of the most powerful people in the world? Well, two things. Uh, Donald Trump, uh, he had never been elected to anything. So this, the precedent was certainly set that someone who's a sympathetic person uh, with, you know, that people like uh, can win the White House. Secondly, Michelle does have executive experience. 
She worked for the mayor of Chicago in a political job, by the way. She does have experience in politics. Uh, she was the assistant planning commissioner in Chicago under Valerie Jarrett, and she was responsible for knocking down and destroying the projects, as they called them, at Cabrini Green. Michelle made about 20,000 Blacks homeless, uh, and she told them it'd be good for them. And they gave away the land at Cabrini Green to the Democrat donor developers like Tony Rezco, who wanted the land because it was close to downtown Chicago. Uh, then Michelle headed up something called the Southside Health Collaborative, working for the University of Chicago hospitals. They were having a problem with all the black Southside residents using their emergency room and a lot of them didn't have insurance. So they were losing about $50 million a year. So they hired Michelle to start a program where if you're black and you showed up without insurance, Michelle would put you in a van and ship you to these crappy clinics on the South side where they didn't have good health care. So Michelle had these jobs running these offices for the mayor or the University of Chicago. She was always hired by white liberal elites to deal with their problem they had with black people. They couldn't hire a white person to put the South side people in black in vans and dump them in these clinics. They had to hire a black person. So Michelle was always a front woman to deal with these problems that the white elites had with their black neighbors. And Michelle was paid a ton of money for it. So she does have some business and executive experience. She has experience at the mayor's office in Chicago. And being first lady for eight years, I think most Americans would view that living in the White House experience as relevant uh, political experience. But I would say to you that while you articulated all the things that she's done, unlike Donald Trump, who actually ran businesses and made profits and hired lots and lots of people, uh, she's never been responsible for a public or private company bottom line to investors. Uh, I, I think that that was one of the things that was a trade-off with Trump. Yeah, he didn't have any political experience but he had an enormous amount of business experience. And the mood in the country at the time was, we need less of a politician and more of a businessman to figure out how to solve the problems. And, and he did. It's, it seems to me, and, and uh, we've got a couple of minutes just before the break, but it seems to me that this is a high risk maneuver for her. Why does she need to take the risk? As I said earlier, Michelle is a very political person. Everything she does is because of a strategy. She said that. I've got her on tape. It's in the movie. She says, Barack and I don't do anything incidentally. There's always a strategy. So she's always up to something. And I think she, she needs to achieve uh, higher and higher levels of popularity and power for some very deep psychological reasons. She's talked about it. It's in the movie. She talks about something called imposter syndrome, which she said she feels that wherever she, she does, wherever she goes, she feels like maybe she doesn't deserve to be there. So she's always looking to uh, validate herself uh, by doing more TV shows, more magazine covers, um, more you know, business ventures and, and more politics. So I think that's kind of what's driving her to, to be in politics and to always uh, seek more and more publicity. She's the most popular person in the country, if not the world. She's had 15 years of all positive media coverage, hundreds of magazine covers, hundreds of talk shows. And she, just based on her pop culture popularity alone, I think she'd be very difficult for any Republican to beat, uh, Donald Trump included. 
If I was Trump, the first thing I would say is, Michelle Obama, are you going to apologize for what you did to the Black community in Chicago? Are you going to tell us how much money you made exploiting the Black community? Those are the things that will open the conversation that will show how phony Michelle is uh, in terms of her outreach to minority communities. When we come back from the break, I want to follow the, uh, the, the storyline that you said earlier that she would announce in the fall of 2023 this coming fall that she's going to run? I think that's the timing because uh, that's when you need to start gathering signatures to get on the primary ballots for the Democrat nomination. So that would be the timing, I believe. So the name of the book is Michelle Obama, 2024. Joel Gilbert is the author. Book is available at, at uh, Amazon and Salem, Salem, what? Salem? Salemnow.com for the movie. Right. And we'll be right back with, with Joel after these messages. Inflation for most people is causing them to use their credit cards to try and make up for income shortfalls. How big is this problem? In the second quarter of 2022, Americans added $46 billion to their credit card balances. Some of that could be you. The Federal Reserve Consumer Credit Report showed that the rate of interest on credit cards went from 14.56 to 16.65%. Those Americans struggling with credit card debt saw their delinquency rates escalate from 1.66% to 1.81%. The Cambridge Debt Consolidation Program may be able to help you reduce the interest rates by two-thirds and cut your time to pay off the debt from 30 years years to as little as five years. If you're struggling and you want professional and objective help getting your credit house in order, then call 1-855-435-2066. Welcome back to our conversation with Joel Gilbert, who's written the book, Michelle 2024. Just for a moment, let me move away from Michelle and go back to Barack. If Barack were to announce that he would, he would run for president for 2024, now not, not uh, the question deals with a hypothetical, he hasn't been president before. He's now just decided in the political process, he's ready to, to run. Could he get elected today? Uh, I think times have changed. Uh, if Barack Obama came on the scene uh, saying he's gonna bring us all back together again and you know, uh, hope and change, I, I think that that message has passed uh, pretty much because of Barack Obama and what he did when he was president. He divided the country racially we had about 70% of blacks and whites felt that race relations were positive when he became president. And then it flipped and it went down to only 30% after his presidency. He really, him and Michelle stoked the racial divide by exploiting the Trayvon Martin case is when it really first came up. He was looking for votes from the black community for his reelection bid. It wasn't for sure they would come out and support him again because the economy was so bad. Jobs were being taken away by illegals coming into urban cities. Wages were going down. So they jumped on the Trayvon Martin case to uh, inflame the black community to get votes. And they, after that, they embraced Black Lives Matter, which was formed out of that case, actually made a film called The Trayvon Hoax, showing that that uh, entire case was based on a fake witness. The alleged girlfriend of Trayvon that was on the phone with him was not his girlfriend and she wasn't on the phone with him. Uh, so you can check that out, The Trayvon Hoax. Uh, but the way that race relations have been made so bad, I think, uh, some of those messages of Obama's wouldn't work today. So if if Obama couldn't win today, and you surmise that Michelle is um, following her husband's playbook, what makes you think she could win today? 
Well, I said Barack couldn't win uh, based on his messaging that he used at that time, which was I'm going to bring the country together because of my unique background and, uh, you know, hope and change. Uh, I don't think that type of uh, campaign would really work. Michelle is a much more popular than Barack ever was. She's, uh, you know, a better speaker, a better politician. She has universal support among the Democrat Party. She's the best loved Democrat for many years. And she's positioned herself with years of publicity, with the Democrat convention, with the voting organization, uh, and her appeal to women and minorities. She's really worked on that core group of Democrat Party voters of women and minorities for years with her books, her TV appearances. Uh, she has near universal support in those circles. So she's worked on it for years, and I think she's, she's ready to, to jump in. And I think the Democrat Party has set it up for her. Instead of campaigning in 100 counties in Iowa, like you're supposed to do to get the nomination to start the process of the primaries, they canceled that. The Democrats did. They canceled New Hampshire, and they said they're going to start in South Carolina. Well, South Carolina is actually Michelle Obama's adopted home state because her grandparents moved to Chicago from South Carolina. She used to go there for reunions when she was little. And half of the Democrat Party primary electorate are African-American in, in South Carolina. So it makes it for an easy win for Michelle. And they moved their convention to Chicago, of all places, where they would anoint the hometown girl, Michelle Obama. So I think they set it up for her, and it's, it's definitely in the works. You saw that Susan Rice <laughs> quit the Biden White House you know, right before he put out his three-minute video. And she's definitely on Team Obama. So I think all of this uh, tells you what's coming. What makes you think that Joe Biden's going to step out of the race in the fall? Well, I don't agree that he really stepped into it. I think RFK Jr.'s announcement, you know, the Kennedy name kind of put the fear into them. I think that uh, the plan was for Biden not to say anything until the fall, because Biden doesn't want to be a lame duck. He wants to be, you know, president for about six more months. So because RFK Jr. jumped in, they put out a three-minute video, and he says, I I'm going to be a candidate. That's not really announcing for president. Announcing for president is you, you hold these rallies, you put out your new agenda, you run around the country. So it, it really wasn't much of an effort at all. I don't really think he's necessarily in the race. And I think just based on Biden's age, his health, the disaster that is the, the Biden economy, the disaster that is American foreign policy, the inflation disaster, the border disaster. Democrats don't want Biden. They reject him. They've pretty much turned universally toward ethnic, minority, female, transgender candidates. They really don't have too much place for very old white men like Biden. So I think Biden has served his purpose. I don't see him having any support in the Democrat Party, let alone the country. And I'm sure he'll come up with any number of good excuses, you know, in the fall to say, well, he decided not to run after all. So if he's going to decide not to run for re-election, doesn't that create the opportunity for Kamala Harris to announce her running for the, and we have Kamala Harris versus Michelle? Well, look, uh, Kamala Harris has also no support in the Democrat Party. She ran for president, couldn't raise money, and had to drop out even before the first Iowa caucuses. That's how unpopular she was. She's done nothing as vice president to make people believe that she would be a good candidate. Uh, and if we're talking about the fall, there really is not enough time for Kamala or anyone else to join the, the party for the Democrat nomination. You need a lot more time to set up a campaign, to raise money, 
to gain name recognition, signatures, it takes a year, if not months. And so in the fall, really, Michelle Obama is the default candidate. She's the only person in the Democrat sphere that can raise $100 million in one week. She can get all the signatures she needs in one week because she's so beloved and such a, a figure, a nostalgic figure for Democrats. So the longer Biden waits to say he's not running, the more it's difficult for anyone else except Michelle to be the nominee. Do you think that's actually being orchestrated? I think so. It's hard not to believe that the entire Biden term has been orchestrated by the Obamas. All of the Obama you know, uh, employees went right back working for Biden like they never left. Samantha Power, Susan Rice was the domestic policy person, the entire cadre of from the Obama administration just came back. Obama, you know, stayed in Washington and rented an expensive house for a couple of years. Uh, so it's hard to, to say that this is not already Obama's third term in the face of Joe Biden pursuing all these radical left policies that no one really voted for. Uh, it's pure vintage Obama. So uh, the, the fact that uh, Michelle has been building up her high profile for several years, the fact that uh, they moved the primary to South Carolina of all places and the Democrat convention to Chicago of all places, I think tells you that the fix is in. Well, the uh, two other things, they, uh, the Democratic Party announced uh, this earlier this week that there will be no primary debates. But would that change if Biden left the, um, left the uh, well, White well, House? Probably, look, if Michelle announces, which I expect her to, no one is going to be crazy enough to challenge her. It's impossible. Uh, she's just so popular. And the first Democrat primaries in South Carolina, which she has a huge advantage. So I doubt anyone would even challenge her. So the idea of a debate is kind of uh, takes, again, months to get those debates prepared. So if Michelle says she's running first primary in South Carolina convention in Chicago, what Democrat is going to want to go up against her? So uh, I don't even think debates are going to come into it. I don't think there'll be any serious candidate to challenge her. Uh, what about uh, all the rumblings about Gavin Newsom? Well, Gavin Newsom, I think, uh, has positioned himself perhaps to be the vice presidential candidate, someone with, uh, you know, executive experience on the state level, a very large state. Uh, I'm here in California. I can tell you that his record in California is extremely poor in terms of the economy, homelessness, uh, you know, you name it. He's a pretty arrogant guy. He doesn't have uh, really good speaking ability or any national uh, recognition, but I think he's tried to position himself a little bit because he does have aspirations for, for a national ticket. But I, I think there's no way he could or would dare to take on Michelle Obama. But I think he maybe has positioned himself for a vice presidential consideration. The, um, the name Obama uh, you're implying, especially as it relates to Michelle, he's more popular than Barack. But Certainly, there's, yeah. there's, there's probably no Democratic name that compares and, and Joseph Robert Kennedy Jr. Uh, announced that he's running. Um, if Michelle were to run, would he drop out? I don't think he would drop out because uh, he's kind of a niche candidate. He's more of a libertarian. When you hear him speak, he's against vaccines. He's against the war in Ukraine. He uh, talks about free speech. He really is a, could be on the libertarian ticket. And in the, he doesn't really appeal to the progressive wing of the Democrat Party. So I think he's kind of a fringe candidate. 
Um, and he might he might stay in it and get a get some nostalgic votes from you know previous centrist Democrats, but he's not really a centrist Democrat. He's more of a libertarian. He's got the mm -hmm. kind of the funny voice. He's got the disease, and uh, I don't see him having much support on the, in the Democrat Party. He's up to nineteen percent, as I the latest polling that I saw, favorable rating. Um, yeah, that's pretty much the anti Biden vote is kind of going to him for now because there's no other alternatives. Right. I think that's what's going on. Is there anything that you can think of, and we just got less than a minute, is there anything that you can think of that would cause Michelle to change her mind? Uh, I don't think so. I think she's very determined. She's uh, been political all her life. I think she's been working toward this for years along with uh, Barack. I don't think anything will convince her otherwise. This, is, this has been a plan. It's been a strategy ever since she was you know, young, really. And, and she met Barack and married a politician. Uh, you find out, you know, go to SalemNow.com. You can watch the movie live stream it or get the DVD. The book is on Amazon.com with the DVD. I go and I meet, I go to Chicago. I meet Michelle's elementary school classmates, high school classmates, teachers, principals, three of her boyfriends, her college th thesis advisor, and there's a whole different story of Michelle Obama that emerges. Michelle has been teasing these fake stories of having suffered racial discrimination and people ho holding her back in life. And that entire story she's been pushing is completely false. She had a very privileged childhood. She was in dance classes for 10 years, performing at you know, the Chicago theater. She went to Paris with her French club in high school, went to exclusive schools. And uh, all of her stories of suffering racial discrimination are completely phony. Uh, one big one she's been telling for years is how her high school counselor racially profiled her regarding her Princeton application. Well, I found out her high school counselor was a, a church-going Black woman. So that's not true. Uh, but Michelle chronically manipulates minorities and Black voters with these phony stories of discrimination to get their sympathy and votes. And you'll find out from watching the film and reading the book uh, a whole different story of who Michelle Obama really is. So uh, real quick, does she have a vulnerability? Yeah, Michelle's biggest vulnerability is she really is uh, what her neighbors would call her. They would say that she acts white and talks white, and she used to get beat up. They would call her an Oreo, meaning you're black on the outside, but you're really a white girl on the inside. Michelle mm -hmm. never had anything to do with the black community growing up. She had no black friends. She always ran away to study at high school, elementary with, with white kids. She married a biracial man. She has no connection to the black community. She had jobs in Chicago exploiting the black community. So that's her biggest vulnerability is her, her phoniness in trying to pretend to be one of these ordinary black folks that she spent her life running away from and exploiting. And I think, uh, you know, black people are no fools if they found out and learned about Michelle's real background uh, and her lack of any connection to the Black community, they wouldn't be very happy about it. Under a fascinating conversation, thank you for, for joining. This is, we've been talking with Joel Gilbert, who has a new book out called Michelle 2024. And you can get it at Barnes & Noble. And the video is, the movie is available at SalemNow. SalemNow.com for the movie and Amazon.com for the book. Joel, thanks for joining us. Thanks so much. And we'll be right back. Will more than two banks fail? Is it time to buy gold? Recently, the FDIC took over two banks that were in trouble. Now we have reports that an additional 20 regional banks 
have in excess of $650 billion in bond losses. The Fed admits that their increase in interest rates have done little to bring inflation under control. They may well increase the amount and frequency of interest rates. Isn't it time to consider gold in your portfolio? From January 1st, 2023 to today, the price of gold is up twice as much as the S&P 500. Go to blacksandwhites.us, click on the gold bar, and reach out to Advisors Metals and ask Ira, is gold right for you? Call now. It's important. Thank you for joining us today, and we'd like to hear your comments or questions. So go to bwradionetwork.com. That's bwradionetwork.com. And give us your questions or comments. And thanks for joining us today.